This is a 980 CKNW podcast. 6.45, that means it's time to check in with Rick Forchak. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Jill. That's a nice piece of music for a lead-in. That's from the uh, the bar scene in the original Star Wars movie. There you go. See, we are on top of it here. Well, Amir is on top of it, not me so much. Yeah. All right. We are talking Star Wars, and uh, a lot of people very excited about Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah, well, this one's a prequel, of course, to the Star Wars films that began with A New Hope and with Princess Leia's plea to Obi-Wan Kenobi for help. Uh, it's already set a box office record, Jill, for a Thursday opening, surpassing Pirates of the Caribbean. That takes place some years before the events of the first Star Wars movie from 1977 and presents the backstory as to how Han Solo got his name, how he got his relationship with the Wookiee Chewbacca, and how he acquired his spaceship, the Millennium Falcon. In the midst of all that exposition, there's still plenty of time to offer up the usual Star Wars fight scenes between Imperial troopers and those who would dominate and exploit others, whether they be individuals, tribes, or entire races. I found the early going something of a challenge, not quite being able to see Han Solo as actor Alden Ehrenreich from Hail Caesar, nor Lando Calrissian as actor, producer, writer Donald Glover. Uh, After years of Star Wars, I was pretty much stuck on Harrison Ford at any age, and Billy Dee Williams in those roles. By mid-movie, there was something of a shift, though, and by the end, I was right there with the new cast. I found the young Han Solo somewhat off-putting. In the previous movies, although something of a cad and an opportunist, his character here was too rough, too dishonest, too much a crook. Harrison Ford, the real Han Solo, pulled all of that off with the George Lucas scripts that were somewhat tongue-in-cheek and had a nice thread of humor built in. That is not the case in this movie, which has a darker and less innocent spin. We join a young Han in the opening frames as he's on the run with his girlfriend, Kira, played by Emilia Clark. She's the mother of dragons on Game of Thrones. They have to escape pursuit or the worst will happen. Well, he makes it out. She does not. He promises to someday return to come back for her. Next, he's an Imperial trooper fighting the good fight for the Empire, which is simply a matter of personal survival. His conscience gets the best of him as he recognizes that the planet he's fighting to rid of interlopers is all wrong. He and the stormtroopers are the interlopers, so Han becomes a deserter. A long chain of events and a lot of action with stuff blowing up in the finest fashion has him falling in with Beckett, played by Woody Harrelson, an untrustworthy soldier of fortune who becomes something of a teacher to the young man. Now, the original directors, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, left the film with it nearly completed when they were fired by George Lucas and Disney because they would not follow the script as written. Oscar-winning director Ron Howard came in. He reshot 80% of the story, and I would say he got it right. For this new generation of Star Wars fans, uh, although we old-timers can begrudgingly manage our way through it, it's a pretty darn good movie. The rating is PG, Jill. That's Solo, a Star Wars story. All right. And we're only talking about that one today because my guess is no other movies wanted to go up against that. Exactly right. Good guess. (laughs) All right. Let's move over to the streaming services. On Netflix, we have uh, Cargo from last year. Yeah. Just in case you haven't had enough of the zombie genre in post-apocalyptic worlds, here's one more for the pile. Now, the Star Star is Martin Freeman. He was Bilbo Baggins from the Hobbit trilogy. And this is the second time he's been in a zombie film, the first time being Shaun of the Dead with Simon Pegg. This film narrows its focus on just one family and what the zombie epidemic is doing to it. It's shot in Australia's outback, and the film's setting is every bit as much a character as the people in it. 
For fans of Aussie movies, you might recognize a number of actors from 2002's Rabbit Proof Friends. Rabbit Proof Fence, easy for me to say. Uh, they need that fence now just to keep the undead at bay. The rating is 14A here, Jill. That's called Cargo. It's on Netflix. All right. We also have Jackie Chan on Netflix. Yeah, this movie's called The Foreigner. It's from two years ago, and I really liked it. Uh, it's a more subdued and older Jackie Chan than the one we saw in such films as Rush Hour in 1998. Here as Quan, he's slower, he's quieter, and he's just a simple businessman in London when a politically motivated act of terrorism takes away the only relationship he has left, that of his teenage daughter. Determined to find out who is responsible, he visits the office of an MP, played by Pierce Brosnan, who is clearly patterned after a real-life version and who had ties to the Irish Republican Army. No one in government wants to help Quan. He comes back day after day after day until events take another turn and we realize that this quiet man has a past. And now he's after revenge. Very good film. 14A rating. That's The Foreigner. That's on Netflix, Jill. All right. Sounds like an interesting one for sure. Uh, Over on Crave TV. Yeah, very good documentary here. I am Heath Ledger. It's from last year. It looks at the life of the actor who died in 2008 at the age of 29, features archive footage of Ledger in various settings, and offers interviews with friends, family, and colleagues. An Oscar winner, Ledger's Academy Award, which was presented posthumously for his gripping portrayal of the Joker in 2008's The Dark Knight. Uh, We also have actress Naomi Watts sharing stories of her work and her relationship with the subject of the film, same as director Ang Lee and actor Jimon Honsu. Ledger is just another young genius taken from us far too soon. Uh, 14A is the rating. I am Heath Ledger on Crave TV, Joe. All right. It does seem like there's a lot of interest in, obviously, when he passed away at the age of 29. But it does seem like there is still a lot of interest in what happened to him and his life and what led to that. Yeah, there is, because he didn't have any of the trappings of a of a regular drug user and uh, uh, their thoughts of suicide. Others say, no, it was a mistake, it was an overdose, and others have a conspiracy theory around that. So yeah, a lot of interest. Uh, the documentary doesn't come to any solutions. It does point out all of the problems, though, Jill. All right, that one is on Crave TV. Uh, what's happening over on television? Well, we have Deception tonight. It's episode 10 of this new series that I quite liked. The story of a magician, the master of illusion, who finds himself working with the police and solving cases using his endless supply of magical tools. It's always been about a mystery woman, also a master of deception, and tonight is the season finale. He gets closer to her, but she has a few tricks up her own sleeve. And that will be that because deception has been cancelled and we'll never see how things turn out. That's on ABC, Jill. Uh, also cancelled this past week, just as a by the way, was the hospital drama Code Black, another show I really liked. I'll be sorry to see it go. It has three more episodes before it disappears forever. And another casualty just announced is the sitcom L.A. to, La- to Vegas, L.A. to Vegas, about a crew and passengers on a weekend trip that takes tourists and regulars to Sin City every weekend. I won't miss that one. I didn't care much for that show. So that's a look at television, Jill. All right. I never saw L.A. to Vegas, although I will say I was upset that the Mick got canceled because I thought it was extremely funny and I actually did want to see what happened next. Yeah, and uh, interesting because um, uh, Glover, who is in uh, the Star Wars movie, was also in the Mick. So a uh, little bit, uh, you know, he, he gets saved because he's still working. <laughs> he's still got a job, just yeah. a different one. All right. Uh, sounds good, Rick. Great to chat with you. We will check in with you again next weekend. Thanks, Joe. That is Rick Forchek letting us know what's happening in theaters as well as on uh, the small screen.
And uh, there you have it. A lot of people I know uh, flocking to the theaters to see Solo, a Star Wars story. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.